0: Welcome to Episode 9 of the Khan Wealth Advisory Podcast Series. This is Asif Khan, Wealth Advisor with BMO Private Wealth. Today is July the 24th. I, for one, am super excited for tonight. The Raptors will be playing their first scrimmage game versus the Houston Rockets. Their first actual game is set for next Saturday against the Lakers. Let's go Raptors! For today's podcast, we thought we would provide some light remarks on markets and COVID-19 and discuss the positives and negatives of low interest rates for investors. First, if you're watching the news, you're probably getting the impression that it is getting worse. That is, the US-China strains, Brexit negotiations, COVID case increases, and an upcoming US election. On the other side, vaccine hopes keep arising, we are learning to live with the virus and commerce continues... Markets generally are heading in the right direction, investor fear levels have lowered considerably, central banks continue to reassure investors and the markets, and interest rates are perhaps at generational lows, which should all provide for future growth. Now, are we going to see some pullbacks in the markets in the coming weeks and months? We would guess yes. They are a part of the natural ebb and flow of healthy bull markets. According to BMO's technical analysis research, they expect to see quite a few Short term pullbacks that would bring the indexes down five or six percent over a two or three week period, and maybe one or two medium term pullbacks that bring the indexes down ten percent or so over a two or three month period in fact it 's reasonable to assume we see a medium term pullback at some point before the u s election in November. Now Seasonality is a headwind for stocks all the way out to October. And since 1980, there's been an 8 to 9% correction on average in the S&P 500 during presidential election years. Those, however, are opportunities that you take advantage of. We wanted to focus today on an outcome of the COVID-induced recession. That is, interest rates which are at their lowest level that any of us have ever seen. Why has the government lowered interest rates to these levels? Simply, it's a way of providing a boost to consumers by having them lower their debt payments, which should assist them in their overall spending in the economy. Additionally, companies may be encouraged to invest, which would mean to borrow for the future so that they can invest in new technologies or, equ- or equipment to improve their products and services and increase their overall productivity. At the same time, governments get to rewrite a swath of their debt at record low interest rates and secure the debt payment levels for years into the future. Now, the immediate benefits of low interest rates are home buyers get to secure super low mortgage rates. Currently, you can get a five year mortgage at around 2% or potentially less. You may recall the, that mortgage rates in 1981 were over 20%. So, for the last 40 years, mortgage rates have been coming down. Can they come down more? Perhaps. But the long-term trend for interest rates has to be up. Interest rate cycles usually work in 25 to 40-year bands. That is, interest rates go up or down for very long periods of time. We have to be somewhere close to the trend starting to reverse itself. So how does that translate for a home buyer? Let's take the period of 1985, about 35 years ago and, and before the previous home price boom. You were probably able to buy a decent-price house in the GTA for about $200,000. Mortgage rates at that time were around 11%. Let's assume you had a $180,000 mortgage, that's 20% down. Your pure interest cost in year one of the mortgage would have been around $20,000. Fast forward to today, let's say you spend $1 million on a home in the GTA and you secure a 2% mortgage on an $800,000 mortgage, that is, you put 20% down again. Your total interest cost for the first year of the mortgage will now be approximately $16,000. So your interest cost over the last 35 years has come down by 20% and the value of your home has gone up by 5 times. This is, in our opinion, why home prices will stay rather buoyed since our actual outlay for borrowing is rather low. Will the housing bubble continue? We do not know exactly, but the ingredients are definitely there for prices to probably remain firm. A negative for these low interest rates are for savers that rely on getting income from fixed deposits. Current 1-year Treasury rates from the government on 1-year, 10-year, or 30-year notes is now under 1%. GIC rates for 1-year are well under 1%. Current inflation is trending around 1%, and that is expected to go back to around 2% eventually. Therefore, someone putting money in fixed deposits is most likely earning less than inflation, which is a guaranteed way to lose money. And we haven't even factored in taxes. Diving into this a bit more, we, come, we came across some interesting commentary from Edgepoint Investments as it relates to investors who own fixed income funds and or any variation of a balanced portfolio. They say, we've been in a bull market in fixed income for 40 years and our guess is the average investor has no clue as to what risk they are taking in some of these fixed income funds. They pull data on the largest Canadian fixed income funds in Canada, and they show a duration of 8.2 years on average. That simply means that on average, the maturity for the various bonds in the portfolio will all mature collectively in 8.2 years. And they also found that the yield to maturity on these fixed income funds is around 1%. That is that if you hold the collective bonds to their end maturities, you will earn 1% in interest when factoring in fees. All else being equal, if rates stay the same, then the client will make around 1% a year for 8 years. That is, they go broke slowly after accounting for inflation. There is no way that this is a solution to helping anyone retire with dignity and growing their purchasing power. To make matters worse, if rates go up, these funds will be hurt. Let's use an example that may be overly simple but highlights the risk. Assume that 10-year treasury bond yields move up by 1.5%, basically back to where we were pre-COVID-19. If that occurs, then the client loses on paper greater than 12% on their fixed income portfolio in the short run. Of course, if the client holds the portfolio until all the bonds mature, they still make that 1% a year for 8 years. They go on to say, that's edge point, The bet you have to be making if you have money in these funds is that rates are going down. Down from the lowest point in history, by the way. Maybe rates go lower. Let's say they go to zero. If they do, you make a gain of 5% in the short term, but you still only make 1% a year if you hold a portfolio until the bonds mature. To be clear, this also includes the 5% gain. If the plan is to sell at 0%, then what is the client going to reinvest in to generate income? And is 1% a year for 8 years worth the risk of being wrong about rates going to 0%? The bottom line is 1% a year for 8 years doesn't get people to point B, which is a dignified retirement. The previous commentary is most likely also a long-term tailwind for dividend equities as well. There will most likely be many retirees that rely on income looking to get The superior income that wonderful dividend-paying companies provide to their investors, so our guess is that they will keep bidding up the price of some of the most wonderful, global, giant companies of the world that share their profits with us via their dividends. So to recap, be aware of the potential drag that fixed income will have on your overall portfolio. You should speak to your investment advisor to determine how much fixed income is needed in your portfolios, And yes, we need some funds on the side as just-in-case money, and our only choice is that it does not earn a lot. But that's okay as long as you have a well-placed plan and portfolio. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please call us for any discussions regarding your financial plans and investments. My number is 416-725-9133. Austin should be back next week to join me on the podcast. His daughter, who's getting married soon, is having having a family function this evening and he was a bit tied up. To close, here's our corny joke of the week. What day of the week do chickens like to play hide and seek? That is Friday. Enjoy those fried eggs. I like mine over easy. This is Asif Khan signing off. Be well and have a great weekend. Hello, you still listening? Well, not a whole lot to report on the family this week. Feels like we've been at home for months. Oh yeah, it has been months. Honestly, I've come to enjoy much of this slowing down. It's better for our souls, our minds, and bodies. Austin's daughter is set to get married in the second week of August, so they will be busy over the next few days. Everyone is busy figuring out their outfits, or as my kids say, their fits. They need me to take them to go buy some shoes or heels or something. Not necessarily looking forward to that. Take care and talk to you soon. Be well.